everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Good morning, everyone. I am Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler. I help women business owners with chronic illness map out their journey and implement new systems in their businesses so that they can function more efficiently. Do you need better systems to scale your company? Would you like to have some productivity hacks to get you through the day? Do you have a chronic illness? Well, here at Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, we have conversations with business owners that share the tools and mindsets others use to make our businesses grow more easily. I know our guest today has some insight into that, so grab your pens and paper and get started taking notes. It's going to be good. Welcome, Dustin DeVries. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Dustin, tell us a little bit about who you are and what brought you here. Sure. So my name is Dustin DeVries. I run a uh, software agency based here out of Austin, Texas, although we are a global team. Uh, we do everything from building simple websites to fairly complex enterprise level web and mobile applications. I've been doing that, you know, say since 2013 is really when we founded our, our company, but Really, it's been for the last 20 years I've been building software, starting off in the semiconductor industry and then moving over into doing some freelancing and then eventually building building our business. And uh, we're a husband and wife team, husband and wife founded company. So I'm more the software guy, the guy that geeks out on the software stuff. And my wife is a product manager in her former life. So she brings a lot of her experience with building uh, products and going through requirements and wireframing and mock-ups and product strategy and all that to the table. And I think we make a pretty good, pretty good team doing it. Still in business after eight years, so I guess we're doing something right. Yay. Now, I'm a software geek, but when you talk about wireframing and all of these kinds of things, I'm going, what is he talking about? <laughs> Explain <laughs> that a little bit. <laughs> sure, yeah. So the, I, I like to use an analogy for that. So if you were going to build a custom home, let's say, what would you do? The, one of the first things you'd probably do is go to an architect and start working on the blueprints for what that home would look like. And so wireframe is essentially like the blueprints for your website. It's where does everything going to reside? Uh, where's the kitchen in relation to the master bath? Where is electrical wiring supposed to run in the house? You know, all those sort of things are kind of what get dictated within a wireframe. And the idea behind, so we, there's kind of two concepts, wireframing and, and, and mock-ups. The wireframing piece of this is about where do things lie? You're thinking about it strictly in terms of topology and not really thinking about design aesthetics at all. And then once you figure out the topology of where everything should reside within your app, within your website, whatever it may be, then you start to skin that. And that's when you start building mock-ups that actually you know, show the representation of what your website's gonna look like. And this is all done virtually. It's all done you know, to look at kind of design things before you start building, just like if you built a custom home, you'd wanna have some idea of how things are gonna look and where everything's gonna reside before you start building it. Cause it's a lot hard. It's a lot easier to change paint colors when you're looking at a 3d model than it is when the wall's been painted and you decide you don't like the color anymore. Right. So kind of the same concept with, with software development. And now from what you're talking about here, does that mean that most of what you do for other companies is help them with their websites? We do. I mean, I would say it's kind of 50, 50 between the work we do with websites and then the work we do with building apps uh we've we've kind of stayed fairly generic on that side as far as the types of software projects we take on as long as it's some sort of, of a web-based 
project, whether it's a mobile app, a web-based application, or a simple website, we, we do those things. And we also do, of course, help people with existing websites. So any kind of website maintenance and support that they may have. I think that's one of those things that seems to fall off the back of the truck for a lot of companies. They go and they spend all this time building a nice product for a customer. And then when it comes to the support side, that's not the fun part of it. Sometimes it gets a little bit tedious and cumbersome. And that's something we really embrace. Like we've kind of looked at it as a, as a chance for us to offer some contrast with the other agencies that we compete against. And so uh, we actually have productized our maintenance and support uh, in a model to, to help support our customers. And uh, really proud of the, the ongoing efforts we do when we launch a product to still be there alongside our customers to help them. Yeah, it's all part of our core business. Sounds exciting. And it sounds like something that I would say, Dustin, take it and do it. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> that's what most people say. That's what we try to do. Make it where it's a, a one problem you can check off your list that you have someone else taking care of. So that's what we try to do. And that actually brings us to the topic of this podcast. And that is how does someone, and, and this is actually a two-pronged question for you, but from the basic, how does someone who has a chronic illness or an autoimmune disorder, why would this be, these kinds of things that you do, why would those be important to us? You mean, why would the... Why would I want to have an app? Why would I want to have somebody else doing my website work for me? Why... Oh, okay, gotcha. That, why is that it important sense. to have somebody else in the loop here? Yeah, I would say, I mean, in general, I think anyone who's running a business, uh, the things that you do, you're always looking for ways to create predictable and repeatable processes. And so with that, leveraging people that can that can help. Of course, you want reliable, dependable people. You don't want it to be more chaotic as you outsource it. Ideally, it should be less chaotic, so making sure you're trusting the right people, of course. But yeah, I think that predictability and repeatability is really important when you think about scaling anything because one, it does allow you to deal with a crisis, like in my case, having cancer, allows you to, to, to cope with those things. And it also, even when things are good, it allows you to focus on the things that you do well. I think too many people try to wear too many hats. Maybe you're trying to save money and a whole variety of reasons why you may make the decisions as a business owner that, that you make. But I think it's very important to think about how can I how can I create more time in my day? Because we're all stressed for time and trying to make things work. And when you have a chronic illness, you have even less time, right? So figuring out how you can manage all that, I think is really important. Yeah, I, I agree with that totally. I mean, like the last two weeks and the next two weeks going forward are pretty much a wash for me between my husband going to doctors and, and me going to doctors and getting ready for surgery. You know, what's business? <laughs> you know, right. my business just sort of, if I didn't have other people helping me, if I didn't have apps and software and things like that working in the background, my business would be at a standstill. So that's why I love thinking about and talking about apps. But you said something a minute ago that I think is really important. We erroneously often think I've got to do this all myself. I cannot afford to buy a new piece of software. I can't afford to have someone come in and redesign my website for me. I've got to do it all myself. And when that happens, when you think that way, and then something happens, like four weeks of doctor's appointments, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. nothing happens in the business and the whole business falls apart. 
Yeah. Talk about some of the apps that you've designed that could be beneficial to someone like me. Sure. So we actually just inherited a, a new project that's really cool. And I'll, I'm happy to, to plug it for our customers. I think it's a really cool product. And they're, they're uh, about to go launch it at South by Southwest. It's called the Selfie Stylist. And so I did behind this is uh, if you're preparing for any sort of a, uh, say it's a wedding or any kind of an event, you're concerned about your wardrobe, you can actually consult live with uh, someone on the wardrobe you're going to be wearing and kind of the you know, the logistics of all of that. And it's all done virtually through a, through a mobile app. So you can take pictures of different uh, things you may have within your closet that you're thinking about wearing and kind of put that together and they'll help you figure out the right style and design. So that's something that we help them, them build out. They're about, you know, big event here in, in Austin. And I guess it's right, really in March is South by Southwest. And uh, I know she's planning on going live with that there. So uh, that's been a fun project working on her with. We've done a lot with real estate. You know, one particular app that comes to mind is an app we helped uh, one of our customers build that was a uh, an app for pocket listing. So you know how most of the country, I think it's safe to say, real estate is, is competitive, it's hot. And so realtors are always looking for an edge on how they can get uh, advanced notice about a, a property that's coming on the market. And you know, those are typically called pocket listings in the real estate space. And so uh, this app helped facilitate the sharing of pocket listings. So these are listings that uh, an agent may have that haven't gone live on the MLS yet, and they maybe want to share with their network. And by creating these networks and being able to share these listings, it gives these realtors an un, I guess you can call it a little bit of an unfair advantage or advanced uh, advantage on on these uh, these houses that are going on the market. So as an example, a couple of the types of apps that, that we've we've helped build. And I know, and I, I don't know whether these are things that you've worked on, but processes and apps for me that are important are things like um, right now I'm dealing with, I've been using, I used a calendar scheduler for a long time and I switched over to another one that I've used for many years because the one I did use didn't have all of the bells and whistles that I needed. Well, now the first one has all the bells and whistles and it's less money. So do I go back and forth? Do I switch? Which one do I use? But the bottom line is it's got to have X, Y, and Z because I need it to do my billing for me. I need it to do my calendar. I need it to market my programs. I need it to do all of these things because I can't do that myself. So which program do I use? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that from somebody that has a chronic illness, has no short term memory, has limited energy, you know, we're always looking for the different kinds of apps and pieces of software that allow us to take advantage of technology, even though I hate that word sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but it, it allows us to do things that we could not do otherwise. Yeah, and it makes you wonder like how did people get by before this? I mean, even even forgetting like all the extra complexities of chronic illness. I mean, I think about for us, we have kids that are 11 and 12 and they're able to check in really easily. I think back to when I was a kid, you know, I was going down the street to the neighbor's house and Parents had no way to, I guess they could call the landline at the, you know, house down the street, but it was a lot less connected than we are now. And I think there's definitely make some arguments that there's some value in the way things were back then. But for people like us that have gone through any kind of illness, chronic illness or otherwise, 
it really is nice to know that we can, if we need to offload part of our brain <laughs> to an app, we have that, we have that capability, right? That's, that's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, it's really important. And I know for a fact that, you know, what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about trying to run a business with chronic illness. Yes. So can we jump into that for a minute and you share a little bit about yeah. what's going on there? Yeah, definitely. So I was diagnosed with cancer back in 2018. I went through uh, chemotherapy treatment for, for that. Ended up having a really large mass back in my, what's called the retroperitoneum. Uh, it was a retroperitoneal lymph node. I had to work on pr the pronunciation of that word for a long time because I'm you know, from Texas and we're challenged with that. <laughs> it's more than three syllables. It's, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, got diagnosed back in 2018. This was like around May of 2018. Uh, first, we thought it because of it being a large mass, thought it was a sarcoma, which is a, you know, really bad type of cancer to have started really making preparations about, you know, how, how is our life going to change? What, uh, what is our trajectory like over the next few years? And how many years do I have left? Fortunately, got it biopsy came back. Uh, and it was actually a seminoma, which is a, which is a form of testicular cancer, which, you know, is you never want to get cancer, but if you had to pick one, at least for us guys, that's the one you probably want to get. So had to go through four, three to four months of, of chemo. And it was, it was grueling. You know, I did continue to work during that time because I felt like for me, I needed that normalcy in my life, but there was no doubt there was a lot of challenges, you know, the effects like chemo brain that people talk about are absolutely real and just dealing with staying focused and being able to, to run my business. And so one of the things I like to say about that whole process that was interesting is that we've spent all this time up until then, up until 2018, building a business, trying to automate what we can, building a good team, putting in place structures. I'd always thought about in my mind, it always crossed my mind about, okay, I want to think about how this business can operate without me. And it wasn't necessarily done because I was, you know, had some vision of the future that something was going to happen to me. I think it was done more because I wanted to be able to have some independence and also wanted to be able to focus on the things that I want to focus on, not get caught up in the day-to-day -day stuff. So we did a lot of work ahead of time. So when we experienced this trauma with cancer, it was almost like a chance to, to stress test all these systems that we had put in place. And uh, I can't say everything went off without any failures at all, but we have a great team, a lot. I would say most of the people that were there with us back in 2018 are still there with us today. And, you know, it's a testimony to how good they are that we were able to make it through this. The process has definitely helped, but also hiring the right people, I think, was just as important and building the right relationships and running the business in the right way and being empathetic to others and caring about others and caring about employees and then seeing that returned uh, many times over as we went through this uh, was just really, really powerful for us and told us that, yeah, you know, we sometimes sit there and do uh, analysis on your business and think about the things you've done well, the things you're not doing well. well that was one of those that definitely say we did well. Really proud of the, the job we did that positioned us to where we could take something, this crisis, this tragedy, and actually be able to get through it with uh, some sanity and then come out the other side. And I'm you know, happy to report that my, my cancer is in remission. It hasn't been, quote unquote, you know, I'm not don't know what the next phase is, you know, say I'm quote unquote cured or whatever the case may be. And part of the problem there is because it was such a large mass, 
and from the chemotherapy, you know, it still shows up on scans. It's still a, the residual mass is still significant size, but it's all uh, the theory is it's all scar tissue and just kind of under observation. But uh, it's still something that takes you know time out of my life because I'm going and still doing tests on a regular basis. And there's the always the fear and anxiety around all of that too that it could you know something could could come back. And then of course risk at risk for other types of cancers because of the chemotherapy treatment I went through. So, you know, there's still a lot of anxiety and issues that have to, that impact me and certainly take cycles away from my business. And so, um, you know, continue to, to battle and, and deal with that on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big thing for all of us that have some sort of, you know, issue, health issue going on, or even it can even be some sort of a life issue. It doesn't have to necessarily be health, but something that, takes us away from the focus on our business and to what should really be our main focus and that is our lives and our families. Um, yeah. You know, so, but for many of us, business is a big part of our lives more than just from a financial standpoint. It's for me, it's my entire um, reason for being basically, you know, I don't know what I would do if I didn't, have the ability to get up and roll into my office every yeah. day, you know, it's, a, it, it's something that's super important. And so I think, and, and what you were saying was really interesting when you were talking about the people that you had working alongside you that, that helped you to keep the business up and thriving, you know, while you were not so mm -hmm. much there. And for me, when people say things to me about, oh, I'm so sorry you had that accident. I'm so sorry this happened to you. And I said, yeah, well, I am too, but it has taken me on a totally different trajectory than I was before. And it's actually almost a blessing because I've been able to see these, I've been able to see this, I've been able to do things that I never would have been able to do had I not been in that car accident. Do you have anything like that? Yeah, I'm so glad to hear you say that. So I think that is huge for me. And I think that's something I've learned. You know, we've dealt, everyone deals with tragedy, right? I mean, we all have our unique stories. And, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm 44 years old. Anytime someone's getting, dealing with, with cancer, uh, no matter what age, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing, right? But I've definitely always tried to turn that into a positive, any kind of, crisis or issue that we've, we've dealt with. We meaning me and my wife or when I was younger with, you know, with my parents and everything else. And I think that's just so important. You know, I almost feel like any crisis you go through, there's always some sort of silver lining. And the hope is that you're around long enough to be able to realize that silver lining, right. And, and, and see what it is. And for me, I think it was, I mean, kind of what you said, experiencing things I wouldn't have been able to experience maybe, uh, recalibrating in terms of, you know, the things that are important to me, uh, the things I focus on thinking more about work-life balance. I was the same way, like going through this, I, I felt like I needed some level of normalcy. Like we have a big client that I was still working on this project, you know, almost on a daily basis when I was going through chemotherapy and remember working with uh, a <laughs> customer actually trying to find a way to connect to some servers I couldn't connect to because the firewall at the hospital was blocking me, you know, as I'm going through chemo. And it's like, just think back to some of those kind of things that, that uh, we dealt with and, and went through. 
but you yeah, learn I mean, to pivot, I, don't you? Really, you learn to <laughs> you learn to pivot, and you learn what's important to you for sure. And that was that was huge for us, huge yeah. for me. Yeah, I get really frustrated because I jump on some of these groups, Facebook groups, and different groups that are out there that are for the different. You know, I have complex regional pain syndrome, and so I I said, well, let me just check out one of these groups. And everybody in that group was just sitting there and moaning and groaning about how bad their lives were and about how horrible their pain was. And I'm going, yeah, I get it, but you know, that doesn't help. None of that yeah. helps. You know, you, you need to look at the positives. You need to see the good things that are still, even if it's just the doctors and the nurses that are there to help you, you know, you, you need to think mm -hmm. about those things and to, and to feel love and support. Right now I'm having yeah. horrible problems with the medical community down here in Alabama. Been here for just a year. I am now on my fourth primary trying to find oh, a geez. doctor I like. And the doctors down here are like airport directors you know they they're sitting in their little airport tower and they say oh okay you've got a cold you need to go to this doctor oh okay you've got uh, a broken arm you need to go see this you know they don't do anything they just send you in all these different directions and it's so darn frustrating and I don't think there's a day goes by that I don't at least take 10 minutes and cry <laughs> you know yeah. because it's just so much but then I go all right there's all these people out here that are looking forward to my next podcast there's all these people out there that are looking forward to to learning how to take goals and achieve them and you know I am able to do that for them so yeah. it's, it's interesting how you need to turn things around to see things in a different way and I yeah. Yeah, I think even though we're we're talking about tools and apps, I think, and I think there's apps out there that allow you to do that too, aren't there? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I can't. And, oh, and yeah, for sure, that. like journaling and just keeping track of things. But I wanted to to touch back on something you said, which is you know dealing with that. I think it's really easy to almost develop a uh, and I. I hate using this phrase because it means different things to different people. And it uh, sometimes has uh, a negative connotation, but it's looking at someone negatively that really facilitates this. But the victim mentality, I guess, is the phrase I'm looking at. And so there are definitely people who are victims. I think anyone who's gone through something like you've gone through, you are a victim in some way. I'm a victim in some way having to go through cancer. But the important thing on that is not to, to put on that lapel pin and say, okay, well, I've got my victim status and I'm going to, you know, use that. And everyone should feel sorry for me, but can you channel that in some way? And not, not everybody can, because people do some horrible things. And I, you know, I don't want to discount that at all, but if you can find a way to channel that towards something positive to build something for the, for the future, whatever it may be, because if you really think about I mean, we live in 2021, soon to be 2022, right? I get depending on when this podcast goes live. So it's 2022, you know, and you think about that, like we're in like the, you know, most advanced society ever. We sit here and look around at the problems we have, but we have so many things going for us. Imagine if we were living a hundred years ago or 200 years ago, even 50 years ago, you know, dealing with these issues, it's so much more complex than so taking that and realizing, okay, well, this is the hand we've been dealt. We can't change the past, but we can move forward 
and how do we channel this energy? Because I think when you have, when you feel negativity, you feel whether it's victim, feeling like a victim or feeling just down about it all. The bottom line is you're feeling a strong emotion towards that. And if you can channel that strong emotion towards something even greater, you hear some of these amazing stories about people who have done just amazing feats after going through something horrible. And I think all those people, they found a way to channel that strong emotional reaction to their event and to something really positive and build it. And so in some ways you can, I can't say it's an unfair advantage. I wouldn't call it that getting cancer is not an unfair advantage, but maybe you can start to see it as sort of that kind of thing. If you, if you channel it, right. Yeah. That's why I I say I, it was, this accident was a blessing because Mm -hmm. it's, it's given me an entirely different mindset than anything I ever would have had before, you know, and, and I see, I, I see everyone through a different lens by looking, by looking at you, by looking at me, you can't tell you've had cancer. You can't tell I was in this horrific Mm -hmm. car accident, but so you don't know what's going on inside. So when you are out in public and you see somebody as an example, an older woman who's standing at a cash register, checking out your groceries, you know, and she's not moving as quickly as you'd like, don't go, come on, let's get going. You know, you, you, you yeah. understand it. There was a story I heard on the radio yesterday that a, a radio um, announcer was talking about, and he was talking about being in line at an airport, and he was having to get from one space to another one to catch another flight. He was just in transit. And there was a man in front of him and a woman, and they were moving really, really slowly. And he said, come on, I've got a plane to catch, move it up. And the woman (laughs) turned and looked at him and she said, sir, I'm an airline stewardess or whatever they're called, the attendant. And I am helping this gentleman who is totally blind. Oh, gosh. And and that was the reaction of the guy. He went, if I could have fallen through the floor, (laughs) I, I just would have because you know, it was all about me and I wasn't thinking about anyone else out there. And here this poor guy is trying to make it through an airport and he can't see anything. And I can't imagine being in a worse spot than being in a busy airport and not being able to see. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. And all the extra stimuli going off with all the, everything that's, that's happening. It reminds me of a video I saw and I've tried to find it since since I saw it and I I haven't been able to locate on YouTube, but remember it was a video of a guy, I think he's like, I think it was a guy driving to work. He's, you know, driving in traffic. He's frustrated all the cars around him, the drivers. He goes into a coffee shop to order coffee and everything's slow. Same kind of thing. Lines moving slow. People are taking forever to order and you know, barista slow serving up the coffee, whatever's going on. And then it goes back and replays all that. And as it shows the scenes again, it puts little bubbles over, you know, the car about, well, this person's dealing with, you know, divorce. This person's dealing with, uh, a mom who just passed away and, you know, get to Starbucks, this person's trying to figure out how they're going to pay their rent. And you start thinking about that. And that, that was like real eye-opening to me. I always, I always try to pride myself on being somewhat open-minded and trying to be empathetic towards other people. But I realize I'm not like, I don't do nearly as good. You know, I think sometimes get overconfident in that and realizing, man, there is just, everyone's struggling. Everyone's dealing with things. And I've tried to apply that. Even if someone does something, you know, they cut me off and then, you know, wave a finger out the window at me or something. I'm like, yeah, that really makes me mad. You know, being a Southerner, my blood starts pumping. I'm ready to, to you know, go like chase after them and whatever. But then I'm like, 
they may be dealing with some really crazy stuff right now. And maybe I need to just have a little bit of compassion to slow down and just recognize we're all trying to make it through some, some crazy times in life and, and just live with it. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that is a perfect way to end this conversation because we've actually gone over. <laughs> oh, <laughs> means we're having fun, right? We were having fun. I love it. So that that's fine. But it, we've talked about a lot of different things, some of them on the agenda, some of them not on the agenda, but mm-hmm. all very important topics. But is there one thing that we haven't talked about that you would like to share? I don't think so. Other than, you know, I know your community and who you serve is uh, a community that's dealing with a lot of challenges. And so, you know, I, I don't think what I've gone through is not nearly as bad as what many of your audience has gone through, even though mine was traumatic. And so just trying to channel that into a positive. I think we talked about that already, but the best thing you can do and just uh, move forward. And I'm happy. Anyone who's listening to this wants to reach out to me and talk about anything. I'm happy to, to, interject my opinion on this. I'm able to look at it with a little more context because I feel like it's somewhat in the rearview mirror for me where I know a lot of people are dealing with day-to-day challenges that will continue for the rest of their lives. So I just applaud you for what you're doing uh, for this, this audience, this community. Well, thank you very much. And your information will definitely be in the show notes at the, at the bottom of the screen when it's all over. But do you have anything special that's going on for you right now in your business that you would like to share with us that we might be interested in? Um, yeah, you know, I think one of the things we touched on the website maintenance stuff earlier, and I think that's one of the things that we've been uh, really focused on. And uh, like I mentioned, we've started to productize that a little bit more, whereas a lot of companies, that's more of an afterthought. So if you're ever, you know, for anyone out there who's dealing with any kind of website needs support, you know, feel free to give us a call. We're happy. One of the things we offer new prospects is a, is a free website audit. So that's something we can do for you. Uh, just to look at your performance and give you some ideas. And then that's something you could take back to your existing developer and have them fix. Or, uh, you know, we do it mainly as a prospecting tool to maybe land customers. So if you feel the need to, to work with us and feel like we're doing a good job, we're happy to help. So uh, that's been kind of one of the things we've been focused on lately. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's about it. <laughs> building apps and building websites. Keeping busy, all those wonderful things. Well, yes. that is fantastic. And thank you so much, Dustin, for being with me here today and with our audience. And guys, to wrap things up often after a podcast, people ask me what it is that we do at Business Success Unlimited. And if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact information is also in the show notes. And right now we're getting ready to have a kickoff for a new chapter of our peer advisory board group. And that's a group of business owners who are all having similar issues running their businesses. They're looking for support, guidance, accountability, some training, and a lot of fun. If you want some more information, just hit me up with a message at nancy at businesssuccessunlimited.com. And everyone, I really hope you got a lot of good information out of today's a lot of motivation and some energy coming out of today's message. And if you have questions, please share them with us. And I know one or the other of us will be happy to get back with you and answer your questions. What other topics would you like to hear? Let me know. I want this program to be something that you guys are as thrilled about hearing as I am doing. And just to blow my own horn for a second, a couple of weeks ago, we reached the top 
10% of global listenership. So I am so thrilled to be able to say thank you to everybody for listening, for downloading. Please continue to share, please continue to listen. And I look forward to reaching out to you every week with a new topic and a new wonderful guest. So until we talk next time, y'all take care, get out there, be productive and soar higher. Bye-bye, everybody.